Welcome, friends, to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans, and we appreciate you joining us today for Episode 7. I am your host, representing the old school wrestling fan and your favorite local barber, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of wrestling podcast, Andy. I'm also your host, the no-selling wrestling indie fan, Jeremy. All right, guys, we got another great show planned for you today. We're going to be talking about the draft, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins invading Edge's house, the matches that have been announced for Crown Jewel so far, Brian Danielson versus Nick Jackson, NXT, and our weekly Dynamite review. Andy, okay, I'm going to pass it over to you so you can start us off. So there was a lot that happened this week when it comes to the draft. SmackDown, I believe, had five rounds of picks on their show, and Raw had six. What I wanted to talk about, though, when it came to the draft was just strictly the superstars that have switched shows. Um, SmackDown gained Charlotte Flair, Drew McIntyre, The New Day, Hit Row from NXT, Jeff Hardy, Sheamus, Shayna Baszler, Zia Lee from NXT, Viking Raiders, Ricochet, Humberto Carrillo, and Angel Garza, and Ridge Holland as well from NXT. Raw's picks were Edge, Bianca Belair, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, Becky Lynch, Austin Theory of NXT, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, The Street Profits, Finn Balor, Carmella, and the gold medal Olympian, Jacob Stevenson, who I believe is not going to start his career on the main roster until possibly April of next year. What do you guys think of these picks? I mean, just from hearing those names, I think definitely... SmackDown and also Fox got the better deal of it. They still have, That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, they still have Reigns, which then all the superstars are named there paired with Reigns. It's going to be great, I think, especially McIntyre and Reigns, um, which I don't think it has felt like they haven't done that in a while, right? Or they haven't done it. Did they? I think I, I think they did it last year during the Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah that's what I, I think, believe. Yeah. And I, I think Roman went over. Right. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, it still feels like fresh just because it's on a different brand, at least for the time being <laughs> so far. Um, but yeah, I think uh, they're going to keep Fox happy, and I think USA is just going to keep... I don't know what's going to happen at the end of their contract with USA so for the network deal. And what do you think, Tim? I will say... Th- well, I actually have more of a question. What do you guys do? You guys think either show is particularly more star heavy right now with the draft? Do you think either one show made out better than the other, or do you think it's well balanced? Well, we, me and Jeremy, were both saying that we think we think SmackDown got the better end of the deal. Yeah. In my opinion, particularly, I'm really excited to see what they do with Ricochet on SmackDown. I feel like he has been on Raw forever. Also, it seems like Jeff Hardy, for some reason, is getting more of a push, at least it seems like that from the fans online is that they're really behind him. One of his dream matches, I've heard him say before, is he wants to go against Roman Reigns for the Universal title. Being on SmackDown, might be able to see it. Not saying he's going to go over, but I still, you know, that'd be cool for just something to check off his bucket list of his wrestling career. Did you either of you guys uh, happen to watch his match with Jeff Hardy this week? Much better with Damian Priest. Yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason why I brought it up because I just thought that the more they've been working together, their chemistry has gotten a lot better. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially from their that triple threat match on the pay-per-view. They've been so much better together. Also something to point out, uh since Edge and Rollins were both drafted to Raw, it doesn't look like their their feud's going to end, you know, anytime soon. Uh I'm also really excited to see what they do with Balor on Raw this time. They did give him a little video package, and not every superstar got that with the draft, so we'll see what's in the cards for him. Just hopefully no more uh, flip-flopping Demon and rising from, you know, from his music being played. Don't play his music during the match. It makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was, And you know what's weird? I don't know if it was done on purpose or if it was just a coincidence, and we'll get into it with Dynamite. But the same thing happened with Jericho, where he he came out and he was fighting off uh, American Top Team. The the music's playing the whole time. 
And uh, so I and I think it's because the crowd will feel like if they don't get the chance to sing, it's like you know they that's part of the reason why you buy a ticket. You go, you want to go s- sing that song with everybody. It's a segment in itself, basically. Right. I just thought it was interesting though that yeah. twice. Yeah, I thought the same. I didn't pick up on that though this week. Rock. We've had rock music playing while the match is happening. Yeah. But I think that that made more sense because everyone sings along with Jericho's song and it was like a quick like, you know, they beat him up for like a few seconds and then they were out of the ring. It wasn't an entire like still during the match part. Mhm. Well, and the other thing is that crowd was going to keep singing that song no matter what. Yeah, I mean, they can't they can't shut the whole crowd up. You can't unmic them, you know. When it came to SmackDown this week, not just the draft, though, there is a couple, two things in particular I want to cover. One, Brock Lesnar. I'm such a fan of this Brock. Uh, he, you know, he usually is, in the past, hasn't been the best on the mic and needed Paul Heyman, but he was doing a backstage interview. He's been on the mic in the ring lately. I can't really tell if he's a heel or a babyface, but... You know, he's doing winks at the camera <laughs> and stuff. I'm really liking I'm really looking forward to him and Roman getting back into the ring. How do you guys feel about Brock? I, I know we talked about it before, but this week, you know, we got to see more of him. He beats up the Usos a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, this is my favorite Brock also. Like, I don't, it doesn't really matter at this point if he's a baby face or a heel. Uh, just because... He's, it feels like this is like actually him, like just Brock being Brock right now. This is not him playing a character or anything. It's just him coming back and enjoying himself uh, wrestling. So it's like awesome to see this. You know, there's it's over the years, like, I don't feel like Brock has been fully appreciated for how good he really is. But it's anytime I listen to an interview with an actual wrestler, they'll say Brock is so good, like, people don't understand how good he actually is and i've heard that from people that are that own wrestling schools i've seen that in i mean even the toughest critics give him his props i think he gets a label for being um i don't want to say lazy but like i'm you know on the broken skull podcast with stone cold dean ambrose said he was disappointed because he didn't want to do certain things in the wrestlemania match to make it more memorable in his opinion but then on that same podcast just recently seth rollins said something similar he said that brock told him one time why do you want to do all this stuff like nobody's going to remember all this stuff and then you know he's like what they're going to remember is boom 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 and then he like laid some stuff out for him, and he, Seth said, "I didn't get it at the time." He he said, and it bummed me out. He's like, "But now, I get it." So I think also, he does have stuff that he can teach people too. Not and he is a teacher. I I, I believe he has taught uh done some stuff with MMA coaching and wrestling. So he probably has that in him. And I think the thing is. It's whether or not people want to take his advice because his style is definitely different than most modern people who are doing the most. You know, they're adding in all their stuff. There's a million false finishes. But Brock's like, look, we just keep it simple. And a lot of the time, think about it. Anytime Brock has a match, I remember a lot of it because it's still, it's a different pace, but it's still very impactful and there's still big spots. And yeah, he's and he's great. He does great facials. Underrated for a guy that's like very serious apparently in real life and not a people person and lives out in the woods by himself. He's very charismatic when it comes to just selling and being over the top. Like he can be funny. He seems like he can be uh, comfortable doing that type of thing. It's just not his natural state. I remember Brock when we, you know, when I first got back into wrestling as a kid, his first incarnation, his first run with WWE. I mean, he wrestled very differently back then compared to how he does now. And it really is a different incarnation. I mean, there's that Brock from when he started, there's the Brock when he came back as the Beast Incarnate, and now 
this. I, I can't give it a name, but, you know, I'm here for it. I wonder if there's what he'll... Because he, he's not... It doesn't look like the MMA guy really anymore. At least we haven't seen him in gear. So I wonder, you know, if anything will change. We have seen him, you know, still take the Usos to Suplex City. So at least that part's still around. But, man, I remember he had great matches as a kid and could go. He could he could go with Kurt Angle, and his, his style was just completely different. But, you know, like you were saying, I have heard people, even someone some that surprised me, like John Cena, really give Brock, you know, props for just being one of the greatest of all time, really, in his opinion, I think is what he said. Um, and so it, overall, it just makes me really excited for, for his match against Roman and to see even what gear he's wearing. Is he going to wear the same gear, you know? And just those are the kind of questions that this new incarnation of him If he comes out with, like, himself. a lumberjack look, that'd be pretty cool. It's like ring gear. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Myers, who runs the Creative Pro Wrestling School, and he used to be Kurt Hawkins in the WWE, a few years ago when Brock was in that rumble where he was eliminating everybody one by one, and that well, was, he was the, the one champion. where... He started he, as a champion, yeah. Yeah, and that's when, when Keith Lee came out and he did the, so, oh, he's a big boy. Like that, <laughs> yeah, that rumble. Uh, there was an interview after that where Brian Myers was was like dude brock is the best he's like he's like my favorite wrestler right now he's like he's seriously he's so good he's like people don't even understand and that's you know a guy who he's trained a lot of aew talent including mjf so he's that's you know in my opinion that's high praise moving on from brock though the last segment i wanted to get to about smack from smackdown was when seth rollins invaded edge's house I want to bring it up because it, it, it's almost like the coin was flipped. It reminds me of when Edge invaded Cena's home uh, back in the day and, like, beat up his dad. It's definitely a little bit of a callback to that. Yeah. Yeah, and and also you haven't, you know, I feel like you haven't seen the house invasion angle in a while. To me, I mean, this there's I missed the entire PG era, so there was probably some in between there. But the last one I really remember was... Triple H invading Randy Orton's home. And that was a very entertaining segment back in the day. But Do you remember anything about John Cena and uh, Edge, the original home invasion that you're talking about? Well, that's not the original. I, I think How the terrible original John Cena's dad's Pillman. acting was? Stone Cold going in with a gun into Brian Pillman's house. Oh, oh you mean uh, that? Yeah, how terrible his acting was. Yeah, John Cena's dad. Yeah, yeah he, was said, he said. Come on, Spinnerhead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, I I really didn't hate the segment. I thought I was gonna when I saw what they were doing. I saw Ale- I saw Seth next to a cabin. I was like, oh, I think they're at not a cabin, but Edge's home just does look like a mansion of a cabin. Yeah. If you've ever seen it. But I was like, oh, I think they're they're at his house. <laughs> and then he goes, and it was actually really entertaining though. Um. You know, Seth, Seth does, after, after listening to the new Broken Skull sessions with him, he really does play that it's now Drip God is the character name if you want to give it one. He really does play it very well. And especially when at the end, you know, he goes into their, I guess you could call it their reading room and just lounges back on there and he's like, you know, eating the apple so casually. But the main reason I wanted to bring this segment up is Edge kind of blurred the lines a little bit. And I wanted I wanna pass it over to you, Tim. But it's it's when he was on the phone with his wife and he mentioned the names Daniel and David. Yeah, so in the ring he called Beth and said that Daniel and David were on their way over to deal with Rollins and Daniel and David is uh Dax and Cash from F T R. Uh, that's their real life names and they are neighbors of edge and it's been talked about where edge has been uh, he, when he was getting back into the ring the his first comeback that they would come over and train with him and i just thought it was interesting that they blurred that line between the two companies however from what i've read nobody cared and it wasn't a big deal at all and i mean it's edge so what are you going to do like 
fire him, get mad at him. Like, he can pretty much talk and do whatever he wants in a promo. I mean, I doubt I mean, it was part I mean, of the script. On. I'm sure I'm sure he doesn't really follow scripts that much anymore, so it maybe was off the top of his head and what made sense to him if it was a real-life situation, you know. Do you think they even knew, like, that was, like, he was doing that on purpose, like, saying their names like that? Yeah, that's I, what I really I was, don't think so. That's what I was just getting into. I wonder if he, because he doesn't really follow a script, so I wonder yeah. if he just did it. And he thought it felt natural because if that situation was real, you know, he, he would say something like that, you know, talk about calling his neighbors or because he is out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, for, you know, for law enforcement to come by, it would take a while. So <laughs> neighbors, it would be a more natural thing to do and for him to call. And maybe he just blurted out, didn't think about it at all. I doubt WWE really knew, or maybe he asked for permission, and he's like, "I won't call him, you know, Dax and Cash." Yeah, I didn't know in, at first until Tim had mentioned to us that that's who it was talking about. Yeah, I didn't know either. It just and I was it like, didn't even cross my mind. You, you think sure. like Vince would even knows because sometimes Vince only knows like them by <laughs> their wrestling name. If I had to guess, I'm sure it's just something that he came up with and said, and probably didn't even think about it as much as we are. He probably just thought, you know, these guys are. You know, this is what makes sense. And, I mean, he probably did think for a second. And it's kind of cool that we can include that for the fans like us who we know about that type of thing. So I always appreciate that, bringing a little layer of realism into it. Moving on from from SmackDown, I wasn't going to really talk about Raw this week because in WWE this week, the big, big thing was the draft. And that, that was covered over two nights through both shows. What happened, though, within those two nights... A couple of Crown Jewel matches were announced. So I just wanted to, you know, mention which ones have been announced between those two shows. Uh, let's see here. We got Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Most likely, you know, I would I would think that's going to be the main event of the show. It's definitely going to close it out. For the WWE title, you have Big E versus Drew McIntyre. For the WWE SmackDown Women's title, we have a triple threat. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. For the WWE Raw Tag Team titles, we have Randy Orton and Matt Riddle versus AJ Styles and Amos. And then we have Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley in a no-holds-barred match. What did you think about uh, Goldberg's promo and, and Lashley's promo? <sighs> I'm trying to remember it. I remembered I didn't hate it. Yeah, I'm never a huge fan of. Cole I thought it could. I thought it would have been worse. Honestly, when I knew they were gonna gonna be doing a segment together, I, I thought it was gonna be a lot worse. Goldberg uses like kitty insults. Like, I guess is like what I would say. Like, shut up. Like things like I don't <laughs> yeah. know. How about you? Well, he's also you know, like he said, he wants to be that superhero character. So I'm sure there's a part of him that doesn't want to do certain things what do you think of the promo though tim for no i thought for goldberg promo his intensity was good and it probably helps that they're doing an angle with his son so that way he can bring like some real life energy into it i agree i agree i do feel like like you said it was like that superhero style so it feels very corny and it's like very like the back in the 90-ish like he would cut a promo like that and it doesn't feel like it translates now even though like he like the intensity is great like how he had it but it's like what he's saying i was like uh it's, it feels like kind of weak he had i feel like his older promos especially the ones in the early 2000s in his first wwe run he was probably more of an angrier person in real life that's what i was about and to say I he was an angry dude came through yeah. like yeah like you could just always tell like, he just seemed, like, and he also, I mean, he's publicly stated that he did not have fun his first run. No, and, not at all. He, he, and it caused him a lot of anxiety. So before I get into NXT, I just do want to make a note that the draft picks that were announced in the beginning, they don't go into effect until October 22nd, that Monday after Crown Jewel. So I don't think people are going to be showing up on other shows. Or, I mean, I know they did for the draft because that's kind of, you know, the thing when some people get drafted, you know, they show up that night and so on. But 
They they gave him about three weeks. They said you know for the day after Crown Jewel. But why didn't they just have it later then? Like if they're gonna plan on doing that, why don't they just do it, do it later? You know, <laughs> couldn't really tell you. <laughs> I, I, the question. Most of the time, I don't know what's going through their head <laughs> when it comes to planning. But I feel like they're wasting a lot of stuff for this pay per view that nobody cares about. Yeah. Hey, like I said, y'all make the prince happy. I mean, they've said before they know people don't. They think it's a throwaway pay-per-view, like, just for the Saudi. Like, I think that as well. I'm sure, like, both of you. I've always looked at it that way. All those. The greatest rumble ever. and Yeah. yeah, Terrible names, too. And, like, I think they're trying to just make it sound more important or feel more important. Still got to find a way to watch it. It's 12 p.m. our time, I believe. Yeah, on on a Thursday night, right? Yeah, and it's always during the the work day. Yeah. (laughs) So, catch it if you can, guys. (laughs) So, moving on from Raw and SmackDown, I did want to talk about, though, one thing from this week's Rampage, from Friday night, and it was the opening match, Nick Jackson versus Brian Danielson. Now, I've heard, I've heard Tim, you know, Tim's opinion on this match, which differs from mine. Not sure how you, Jeremy, feel, but I'm just going to go into a few things about it couple parts I, I, I liked. I liked when Nick Jackson was giving Brian Danielson some of his own kicks and Brian gets pissed and actually leans into them. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was really funny when Nick went for a kick on the outside to Brian Danielson and just hits Brandon Cutler in the face. <laughs> it actually made me laugh out loud when I was by myself. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> That spot well, was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I really want to point out is Brian Brian used a lot of moves that I'd never seen him use in WWE, and I had seen him use in Ring of Honor. I also wanted to point out that this felt like this match was for Daniel Bryan. I mean, he he basically beat the shit out of Nick Jackson majority yeah. of the match and tied him up real good. In the end, the winner was Brian Danielson with the submission called the Cattle Mutilation, which I believe was one of his old finishers. If I I'm love not mistaken, that finisher. Back in the day. Yeah, I, again, I'd never seen it really before, or at least not in years. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. Afterwards, the Elite and Jurassic Express brawl, and then Omega and Adam Cole are both put in submissions and both left in the ring tapping out to uh to Jurassic Express and or I believe in particular it was Jungle Boy and Brian Danielson. What you guys think of the match? What you think of the segment and as a whole, you know, AEW's really been putting on a lot of great openers lately. I I've lost track of how many weeks in a row it's been, but I would say ever since All Out, it's 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 been pretty consistent. Yeah, I love how they've been booking the shows with that first match being such a you know great match to start off the show with i I do kind of miss rampage being live when they had those first few weeks because i always feels like the show kind of hurts with the i'm sure the crowd is tired on a wednesday watching what's about like four hours of wrestling uh like another hour after after dynamite so that's why i always feel like having it live it always feels uh more exciting and just like having that live feeling you never know what's going to happen and also it'll probably help with the ratings too with rampage but yeah this match uh is definitely a brian danielson style match i think which was interesting because i think a lot of people were thinking with nick jackson there's gonna be a lot of high flying moves and a very quick pace which it kind of was but then it was also slowed down a lot with the holds that uh brian did which i thought was different and caught caught people off guard kind of what they were expecting but overall it was i really enjoyed it and yeah that finisher to me is so great because it feels very realistic too which you have it in and it's like you actually can't get out of it unlike some other finishes i'm like why not just grab the guy's head then but this one is like you really can't get out of it then i thought it was i didn't know what i was expecting i think because the omega and danielson match was so good i I had these high expectations. I thought it was a really good pro wrestling match. It was interesting to see Nick Jackson work that style, which is not his usual thing, a more mat-based style. And he did incorporate some of his own stuff. 
but um it was really cool to see that you know if he wanted to do that different different pace different style that he's pretty he's pretty good at it um I enjoyed the match overall uh I didn't think it was like anything spectacular like I mean I didn't think it was like I can't even put it in the same league or ballpark as uh the Danielson and Omega match but it was still a good match and I enjoyed it and I I think Nick Jackson has like a completely better like look and gimmick now I I like actually that the Bucks are I don't like some of the outfits but I like that they look a little older now they have the facial hair I take them like a little bit more seriously uh if they like dressed a little bit more seriously that would be cool but I know that's like part of the the shtick that they do they're trying to like be ridiculous and make you know make you not like them and get on the they get on your nerves well you don't like the the furry headbands that, <laughs> that they wear i mean they've always dressed wild that's I, uh, kind of always yeah. been their thing and then they've done callback retro looks and i just i'm <laughs> wearing the zubas the zubaz pants and then the i don't know it's just it's a little silly when they had when Nick Jackson had that like nose ring attached, it was like a chain from like what is like ear to his nose. He just looks so insane. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, so, guys, let's get into NXT 2.0 this week. I'm not I, I'm not gonna bring up any specific segments or anything. As a whole, again. I, I'm not. I don't think it was. We're worse, gonna take it easy on NXT yeah. this week. I told. I mean, like I think, like we said, you know, we're gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a couple weeks and see if this is really a, a weekly every every show. You know, it's the direction they're going with. But I didn't think it was worse than last week. I didn't think it was any better. I did. I did watch the whole thing. the ma- The main main event was pretty good for the NXT tag team titles. Uh, between MSK, Grizzled Young Vets, Young Vets, Briggs and Jensen, and Carmella Hayes and Trick Williams, but I don't know. It feels like they're th- they're thrown in segments that just maybe it's it's for the younger crowd or you know. Last week, Timmy, you were talking about he's trying to be edgy. Or maybe it's it's not an appealing edginess though. At least not to me. To me, this episode is almost even like more boring than last week's episode like i know it's kind of the same but i don't know just overall throughout the thing like i like champa's segment and like yeah the main event was good but everything else was they kind of did the same thing and i was like fast forwarding a lot of it the only thing i'm looking forward to and i said this last week is Braun breaker versus tomaso champa Braun breaker's really the only new guy i i've taken to as of now you still have a couple other guys, I, I was really wishing L.A. Knight was gonna get drafted to the main roster. I think he'd be a perfect fit and a really good heel, especially. But, you know, didn't get to see that. What about you, Tim? What you think about the show? Again, like you said, it wasn't any worse than last week. I just, I guess it's consistent, and this is gonna be the direction that they're gonna go with for a little bit. The thing about our show that I like is, we represent basically three different types of wrestling fan basically except for the casual fan because we don't have a a fourth host who's a, a casual fan but i'm like the old school wrestling fan jeremy likes the fast like i mean we all kind of like the stuff overall right but like if if we had a specialty or whatever i like the old school stuff jeremy likes the the indie stuff and then andy you've always told me since we were little like you can't just watch wrestling if it was just all wrestling you're like there has to be good storylines you're like i just can't watch it i need to i need to mix of both yeah i can't just watch match after match after match unless it's like two guys that i that i know of or it's like a dream match for me then i can like do it with no storyline but if you're just putting two guys together and I have no th- no idea about it. Just it, I need something to make me care, make me think there's you know some stakes. Right. What I'm getting at is, we're three segments of the audience basically. Who is this for? Like who? Like which? Like what show? What about this show is like appealing to like? I mean, it has nothing for me as the old school guy. 
I mean, Jeremy, your guys, your guys like Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, the fast-paced guys, they feel like they're getting phased out. Yeah, they don't even fit and into it anymore. Andy, the storylines, right? Right, they don't even fit into it. And then Andy, you're like the storyline guy, and not much going on there right now. I mean, I feel bad for poor Kyle O'Reilly. They're just pairing him with a big guy, and I feel like he's just, you know, he's just gonna play the small guy role now. I mean, when you look at him next to Von Wagner, it's like Jesus. Like, he, Von Wagner is playing this like protector of Kyle O'Reilly now, and making yeah. it seem like. Kyle can't handle his own, which we've seen in the past with the old NXT, but this new NXT, God, God help him, you know, he can't handle his own against these guys. He needs to go to ADW and join both Bonnie Fish and Adam Cole. The undisputed elite. Yeah. That'd be cool <laughs> if they did that into versus a super the actual group. elite. It'll be like NWO with like 75 members. <laughs> yeah. Just real, real quick, I know that we're going to get there, but did they... I didn't read anything or even look into it, but I did notice last night on Dynamite that they had they kept saying the super elite and not the super click. Did they could they not do the super click? The WWE like reach out to them or something? No. So I was talking to one of my buddies who listens to our podcast every week, and he texted me and he said, "You know, give him a shout out." His his name is uh, Corey Gibson. He lives up in New York. He he texted me. I guess he was in the middle of listening. Are you gonna give his? Are you gonna give his? He doesn't have an Instagram. Too? He doesn't have a, his like, credit card. He number? doesn't have any. He's well, a social security number. <laughs> <laughs> this is the address, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can go find he, him here. He, he lives here. Door. Why don't you go knock? You can on his find door. him here. <laughs> you can do a home invasion angle with him. You know, yeah. it'll be a, it'll be a real a fun real time. home invasion angle. <laughs> Yeah, so what's up, Corey? I know you'll listen this week. All right. Um, so he texted me, and he's like, you know that they've called themselves Super Click in the past. And it was actually something I was going to bring up this week. I wanted to do a little bit of house clean and say, hey, you know, when when Adam Cole had paired up with the Unbucks last week, I said, I guess this is what they're calling themselves now. But apparently, in like ROH and New Japan and stuff, when it was the three of them together, they had already been calling themselves a Super Click. My problem is when I had seen them on like ROH or New Japan, I'd never seen the three of them together, and I wasn't really watching or paying attention to being the elite back then. But when it comes to the super elite, that's everyone together. That's Omega, that's Adam Cole, that is the Young Bucks. That is the super elite. So there's a difference. You know, one just has Omega in it. I just have a question because I do not watch it. I know, boo, I'm I'm no fun. Do you, I know you guys both either have watched or do watch the Being the Elite YouTube show. Do you like it, and do you think it adds anything to when you watch Dynamite if you understand what's going on on their YouTube show? I've I have seen clips. I couldn't, you know. I I feel like I really don't have time to be watching like the full show and stuff, but. If there's certain segments that I see advertised that, you know, were on it, I'll, you know, I'll scrub through it to find that, you know, particular segment. Like, uh, for example, when Punk debuted, they had a little, you got to see backstage of him about to walk up the stairs to the ramp and whatnot. So there's things like that. But I I have seen things in the past. uh, At at times, yeah, I think it adds to stuff. But, you know, they're doing it for fun. I don't think they, you know, really have to have it connect all the time. I remember there was a whole storyline back in the day before all elite wrestling was a thing where Heyman Adam Page's boots were like stolen or lost or buried, I don't know. Yeah, something that's a weird like that. Storyline. Yeah, so I mean and then they brought they they I think brought that to surface at the all in pay-per-view. Yeah. So there was some some continuity there but I don't, how much do you watch of it, Jeremy? Well, I, on the other hand, have plenty of time to watch it every day. Or every week, I mean. <laughs> During work. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do watch it uh, every week because uh, I, I actually really enjoy the show. Um, I actually enjoy all of the vlogs that the AW wrestlers do just because you can see backstage things and just people not in character and just being themselves, which is really cool. But, yeah, I think BTE kind of 
does add, it used to add a lot more because I think they they do a lot more just on TV now for storyline wise, and they realize that people don't watch all like it doesn't everyone doesn't watch the YouTube channel compared to Dynamite, uh, and so they've kind of moved away from that. But they do a lot of fun things on there, and you get to see kind of like Dustin Rhodes and. Uh, I think on Sammy's vlog, he has um, Cody and Fuego doing a bit right now, which is really funny. But, yeah, I, I think it's really great what they do. Just gives you a backstage glimpse into their lives. Yeah, and they have a BTE, like, title oh. now. Uh, so they play, like, all the wrestlers get together and play, like, a you know tournament or whatever they decide the game is. And so it's, like, just, it's just fun to oh, watch that. Cool. Oh, yeah, and I definitely don't want the listeners to think that I don't like. I'm like one of those guys who doesn't like the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega or something like that. Like, no, man, I have a Bullet Club tattoo. Like, I have a bunch of tattoos. I I went through a phase where I was I had like a, a New Japan subscription. I was watching all that stuff. Andy and I went to a big Ring of Honor show. What was the one specifically, Andy? Do you remember? Oh God, I want to say Best in the World. It was, yeah, it was down at UMBC in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, mean, yeah, we, but, no, we, it, it was I, a great I love card. Those guys. Yeah, I love those guys. I just don't watch their YouTube show. It's a little some of the comedy sketch stuff is like a little too much for me. But I do like what Jeremy's saying. Get anything where you can see behind the scenes. Let's put it this way: the only reason I don't even know if we're gonna talk about it, but I even watched ten minutes of Roads to the Top. Was to see like behind the scenes of AEW. It was not my favorite uh, show. I'm not. I'm not hey, super. I'm a fan. It. I'm gonna keep watching. I like it, but it I just. Know, makes I know me you watched. Though, you watch them all, man. And uh, Andy's dirty secret, man. He watches Ms. and Misses. He watches. <laughs> he watches deals. Ms. and Misses is great, man. Don't don't knock Ms. and Misses. Hey, your wife likes no, it's Ms. Funny. and Misses too. Yeah. My my wife and I watch Ms. and Misses. It's actually hilarious. But yeah, you 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 watch all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, you watch I, like, I, like the, I watch I like, all that. I like the behind the scenes stuff. You know? Screw it. You guys want to get into this week's dynamite from last night, though? Yeah, it's good to transition. Oh yeah. Alrighty. Uh, great opening match. It opened with, like we were just talking about, the Super Elite versus Jurassic Express with Christian Cage and Brian Danielson. The winners were the Super Elite with the BTE trigger to Jungle Boy in the middle of the ring. Uh, awesome match. Cool to see everyone, you know, paired up. I felt like everyone had their moment, especially especially like Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus is awesome. <laughs> he, he was yeah. doing some really cool stuff during this match. I really liked it. And they continue to open up with very good, very good matches. Yeah, another great match. And... Luchasaurus and also I think like Jungle Boy probably benefits so much from having a crowd back because like the crowd was chanting Luchasaurus right like right when the match started um, and then he got a huge pop when he came in but yeah that uh, the BT trigger with was it all four of them I think it was that was pretty brutal it was a four post massacre yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what Kenny like I said um, yeah I love yeah I loved every every uh, person got their moment for here for this. Danielson came in and kind of beat them all up, and then also had that standoff again with Omega, which the crowd popped again, and it's, and it's just the thing where it's like they keep building, doing such a great job building to have another match with those two. And so once yeah, they Danielson's have it, intensity, yeah. Danielson's intensity in AEW is a lot is is very turned up compared to what it was in WWE. It's really, oh yeah, it's cool to see. And he's a serious character now. He's not just a smiling. Daniel Bryan. There was one part during the match, and it was just me. I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but Jungle Boy had been in the match at that point for a while, and the crowd was like ready for Danielson to get in, and Jungle Boy's selling and like can't get to him in the corner. At one point, I swear for like a second, Danielson was like he had that look of like, all right, come on, <laughs> like. Just, just freaking tag me. Like, like seriously, this is getting on. a little like, no, like, but like he just had that look of like, all right, come on, seriously, <laughs> hurry up a little bit. I, I forgot during this match, <laughs> like for like, for like one second, his face like kind of get like broke character. He looked, looked like he looked annoyed. 
That made me laugh. I started, I started laughing. I forgot during this match, wasn't there a big botch with a power bomb to Luchasaurus? Like, Kenny fell backwards. Yeah. It was all four of them doing it, Yeah, too. that was not good. Yeah, I was just like, but they played it off because they knew that they messed up, and they, like, were, seemed like they were, like, kind of laughing about it in the ring. Yeah, they're great at doing that, though. Like, they don't just try yeah, to, they're like, like oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like they tried to redo it. They just, like, you know, just yeah. moved on from it. They acknowledge it, and they're, like, kind of laugh about it. And then I think the other botch, not really botch, but, like, Jungle Boy went trying to visit Hurricane Rana off the, when he jumped over the top rope to Nick Jackson. And he mm-hmm. completely missed Nick Jackson's head. <laughs> and then Nick Jackson just grabbed his leg. Just did. <laughs> and then he kind of flipped like he got him. <laughs> After the match, we had a backstage segment from John Moxley talking about the main event uh, casino ladder match. Then we have, uh, had a segment of from CM Punk in the ring. Um, I'm trying to remember what he talked about specifically. I know he talked about his Jordans for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they were Nikes, but... They were Jordans, um, yeah. Um, you do, do you remember which ones they were, Tim? Oh, he was wearing the retro Jordan ones. I don't know. He had jeans over the top, so I didn't know if they were the mid or the high tops. Yeah. But I, he was on that um, complex sneaker shopping yeah. vlog. And uh, I actually watched it because I, I, like I don't collect sneakers, but I, I find it kind of fascinating. Um, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, and he gave the sneakers to, uh, to a kid dressed like Orange Cassidy. On his way out. I love how the kid, like, no-sold it, too. <laughs> he told him something before he got in the ring, which I don't know if he was like, hey, I'm going to give you something after this, or, or he said straight up, like, I'm going to give you these shoes. Right. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> either way, he said it, He said something to him, and then after the match, he brought the shoes over to him. Yeah, and I thought it was kind of funny during this. is like, the first time I think Punk kind of, like, messed up a promo because he meant to say, like, cheesesteak, and he said cheesecake. And he's like, which one is well, it? He was like, he's like, is it cheesesteak here or is it cheesecake here? He couldn't remember what was like the popular. Yeah, I was like, it's food. obviously cheesesteak punk. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on, man. Philly, yeah, Philly was like, all right, come on. Yeah. But, uh, Don't disrespect. Which is weird us. because I've, it's weird, though, because I've seen an interview with Punk where this is like some like deep level nerd stuff, but somebody was asking him what is Pat's or Gino's for cheesesteaks. And he said, Tony Luke's, which is uh, another answer. It's popular, but a lot of people will say that that's like the secret best one besides like a hole in the wall spot that and Jim's on South street. But, uh, yeah, people, or he definitely knows, knows that. I don't know why he messed that up. I I think he was trying to play it off. But then when he said, is it cheesesteak or cheesecake? Philly was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, they just almost started booing again. <laughs> uh, at the end of the segment, though, I believe he challenged Daniel Garcia to a match at Rampage this week. So yeah, that should be good. If you're listening, that is tonight on Friday. Then we had we had a segment at Cody Rhodes' house oh my, I totally with Arn Anderson <laughs> in the backyard around a fire talking you know about the stuff that's been going on with him and cody and at one point arn says something he's like you might as well just paint a star on your face which is you know obviously a little thrown shade at cody's stardust character in wwe but i don't know where this is going because it you know i think cody was like do you bring your gun <laughs> he's like, like what are you gonna shoot me <laughs> yeah that's what he says the the funniest thing i think about this is like how they start it, or it's just Arn in the back burning stuff, and then Cody comes and he's like, Arn? It's like some random yeah, he's old just guy. On his here, like, <laughs> like, what are you doing in my backyard, dude? And it's like, you don't think the neighbors are like, Are you lighting hey. a fire in my backyard? Yeah. The neighbors are like, Hey, Cody, there's an old guy in your backyard burning stuff. <laughs> I don't know. And then he literally like slapped Cody at the end, and it was just like a straight, like, it was a hard slap, too. Was, yeah, and then it just ended, which is kind of awkward. But yeah, did you guys hear Cody Rhodes' Mount Rushmore of wrestling? I I saw it. I know what it is. If you don't know what it is, but the names are very interesting. I heard he had Vince on there. Okay, so I so his list was Dusty Rhodes, Vince McMahon, 
The Rock. Is it Triple and H? Tony Khan. Oh, <laughs> Tony Khan. I mean, whatever floats your boat. Man. I was like, all right. If it's him, Vince influences for him on his life. I'm curious where The Rock fits in on that, but the rest of them would make sense. I think The Rock, I think he said The Rock was like his favorite wrestler growing up before. Okay. I think I think that's what, like when he was All right, a, well a then fan. That, that's more insight on that. I think so, but I, I'd have to double check that, but I, I feel like I've heard that before. And I mean, I guess Tony Khan just because. I just thought of Tony Khan being it. on there was interesting. So after that segment, we had a, a video package of Bobby Fish, which led into a match between Bobby Fish versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. Really good match. Really, really good. Both guys are really good. They're completely different styles, but uh, I really I really liked it. The winner was Sammy Guevara. He won with the GTH. And shortly after, I, I don't think they announced it on the show, but at least on social media, Bobby Fish is now officially all elite. So congratulations to him. Afterwards, American Top Team and Men of the Year surround Sammy in the ring. Then out comes Fuego Del well, Hang Sol. on one second. I just wanted to say that I thought the match was on. It's like I thought it was really good. It, it was my favorite match on the show. Even I liked it better than the opener. To be honest with you, it's more my speed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I totally agree with that. I mean, you, when you have the elite in there, everything's gonna be pretty fast paced. And but, it's just a lot of people. Yeah. But after Fuegos Del Sol came out to help out Sammy, he was very quickly taken out. And then Chris Jericho and Jake Hader come out to help. They clear the ring. So, I mean, I just include that because it was all connected through that match, you know, before they really switched to anything else. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I really like the match. Uh, I feel like Sammy's going to have a good title run. I'm excited to see who he goes up against. I, th- I feel like a match with him and Scorpio Sky would be pretty good. Scorpius guy, I think, is uh, at least at least nowadays an overlooked talent. He was, you know, in the forefront at the beginning of of AEW. I feel like he's more in the background now. But yeah, I'm kind of happy that Sammy has the title now because you get to see him wrestle so many times on Dynamite, and he puts on great matches. And yeah, with Man of the Year, I think either one, Ethan Page or Scorpius guy with Sammy, they're gonna have great matches. Hopefully, it's both of them. And I mean, obviously, hopefully, Sammy retains. And I don't know. I feel like he can be a champion for like over a year right now. Just how hot he is right now. So AEW has done a very few, but there has been a few, and I I keep it fair. I I try to. They've done a few things that I'm not a huge fan of. The MMA fighters, like the MMA legends, who in their own world are awesome. Like I used to order all the UFC pay per views, especially. In like the 2010s and stuff, like when Brock was there and Chuck Liddell and like before, kind of before Croner up until the uh, Ronda Rousey era, I was really into it. So I know a lot of these faces, but um, yeah, just I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of like because when they're throwing the punches and stuff, it's very see through to me, and because you know they don't really know what they're doing, and. I just this is like one thing for AEW that I wish that they weren't doing. Yeah, I can see that because now these guys are actually going to wrestle. Yeah, I think that's what they like. They're actually going to wrestle. Well, the one guy I is think something in Miami. Masvidal is he going to get in the ring with them? Well, I think it's Dos Santos. Yeah, but and okay. I know those. I know those guys are big stars, but we have to keep it real and we have to keep it fair because you know there's going to be a segment of listeners who are going to think this. Same scenario if WWE was doing this, like when they brought in Cain Velasquez, everybody was like, yo, this is trash. And it was trash. It sucked. Don't forget Tyson so Fury against Braun Strowman. Right. Well, okay, so just because it's under an AEW umbrella, I can't just give it a free pass. Gotta keep it fair. I do want to see I agree. I agree. after the match how bad, like, if they are that bad. Because I feel like with the freedom that yeah, AEW well, gives them. we're definitely going to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like the difference with AEW is they give them the leeway of kind of doing what they want, and maybe that might translate for an MMA fighter into wrestling. I don't know. All right, guys, so 
right now, I'm going to keep moving forward. I mean, Jeremy cut this part out, but we're at like 54 minutes now. And some of the stuff I'm probably, we're going to like fly through. Yeah. Like some of the backstage segments and stuff. So, alrighty. So, so after the Bobby Fish and Sammy Guevara match, we had the Acclaim backstage. After that, though, I really want to talk a little bit about was Tony Schiavone's in the ring and he reveals the new championship. It is the TBS championship for the women's division. So they finally have a secondary title. I'm really happy about this. I mean, one, the title looks great, especially when you compare it to the, the AEW women's title that they currently are using. It's, I mean, I just wish that title was beefed up a little bit more. But for years watching WWE, you know, especially now their their women's rosters is so large, they could definitely use another title besides the women's tag team titles. And I I'll, I'll, I can't understand why they they haven't, you know, pulled that trigger yet. But, you know, maybe this will give them some ideas. But, uh, yeah, he also revealed that I guess it's a TBS title because I know TBS is also owned by Turner, but did he say Dynamite or maybe just all AEW shows are going over to TBS? Dynamite's moving over in January, I think, and then Rampage, okay. they said, staying on TNT. Okay. So we're going to have a show on each, you know, the same company owns both, but yeah, yeah I, really, I really like the title. I like the look of it. Um, good for the women's division. I believe there's they're gonna have a tournament coming up, so that should be exciting. What you what do you think, Tim? For me, it's cool because you know, and here come the the old head wrestling jokes. But uh, wrestling has a huge history on TBS, so to see wrestling go back to T, it has a good history on T TNT too. Later on, um, but the some of the old school NWA stuff that I like was on uh, TBS, so. For me, it, it, it's cool to see, and it's kind of full circle. Um, I I actually think it's neat, and the, the as as for the title overall, I really prefer it over the regular women's title. It's just is a lot bigger, and I don't understand why a women's title title just because it's for them has to be like small and dainty. So I think this was a a better a better choice. Yeah, I, wonder I wasn't if- sure what they were gonna do. In my head, I thought, well, now that they're switching over to TBS, is the TNT title going to become a TBS title? So when they showed it on TV, I said, oh, wow, it's, they're really going to go with that. And then they announced it's for the women's division. And I said, oh, okay. Now, so I guess they're going to keep the TNT title. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's strictly, the, the I think, the men's secondary title right now. It would be kind of cool if they TBS just defend that on Rampage then, because on TNT, because it gives it like an exclusive. I don't see why they couldn't. It's owned by it's owned by the same you know network. I don't yeah. see why they couldn't. It'd be kind of like an exclusive thing. Then you have to watch Rampage for it. Exactly. After that, we had a interview with Jim Ross and Darby Allen talking about what transcribed last week with him and MJF in the ring. Then this led to a match. Of Darby Allen with Sting versus Nick Camarado with QT Marshall. Darby won with a cough drop in the end, and QT Marshall tries to attack Sting, but Sting gets right back up, and QT is taken out. This stuff with MJF. Sting won with a cough drop in the end? Did I say cough drop? (laughs) (laughs) With a coffin drop, guys. Sorry. Was it a a menthol one? You know, well, you know, it's a long day. Well, Sorry, guys. You know. Sorry, guys. Coffin drop. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you, What do you guys think? Uh, actually, we can we can touch on it a little bit, um, because Darby's gonna pop back up later on. Yeah. So after the Darby Allen match, we had the Dark Order backstage, and then we had Dante Martin coming out to the ring. He basically, I think he basically challenged anyone in the back to a match. Yeah. You know, he's really feeling himself lately, <laughs> I guess. Uh, place goes dark. Malachi Black's in the ring. 
sprays him with the black mist, hits him with the black mass, and says, challenge accepted. I think this match also is going to be... black represent. <laughs> for sure. I think this match is going to be awesome. I, I, I've said it before, Dante Martin is... He's only 20 years old, but he... He he still has a lot of learning to do, but he's really fun to watch. Um, and I think I think him and hope, I'm hoping it's not a squash match with Malachi. I hope they you know put on a good match. But the fans seem to really like Dante Martin right now, and uh, I think he's going to be a big star. But I'm really excited for this match. Yeah, I don't I don't think AEW is usually they haven't really done a squash match at all really, um, other than like I guess Cody with Malachi Black, but that was just uh, a surprise squash match. But the thing I love about this is, like, I think it was probably, what, two years ago when AEW first started? Jungle Boy was kind of in this position of, he was the young guy, he was up and coming, but he would lose every single match. But put on a great performance. Kind of the same way as Dante Martin. But then you see the evolution of Jungle Boy, and now he's, like, in the main event spot, almost. Or even in the main event right now. And so it's just cool to see that AEW is continuing to build their own stars with Dante Martin now. And, and like especially all of the champions right now, I think, are AEW uh, uh, grown champions. I mean, it's Kenny Omega, and well, Kenny Omega is like from New Japan, but he's still an AEW original person. I think, he's the, I think he's the only one, though, that isn't... I mean, Britt Baker, I, I know she had done stuff before, but she really got more popular yeah. in AEW. So it's, it's just cool. I just noticed that, and I was like, that's really cool to see them keep building new stars. Yeah, they've definitely seemed like, and I feel like, you know, we're this is going to come up here at the end when uh, Andy finally gets to it, but uh, they seem like they are, even with the big, uh, the big stars coming in, they're staying the course with their original plans. And everything's kind of set back to how it was before, just with now big stars included. So after that, we had Ricky Starks in the ring. Uh, of course, if Ricky Starks is in the ring right now, you're going to have Brian Cage come out. And Ricky Starks, you know, runs out of the ring. <laughs> He's at the top of the ramp. Brian Cage is just yelling at him from the ring. Then we have a, a TBS Championship Tournament video package. Like I had mentioned before, you know, that that's going to be exciting to see. Uh, I, I have a, a few girls in mind I'd like to see win it. I'm not really 100% on one particular winner, but uh, there's a couple in there that I think would be good champions right now. Then we had a match. It was Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. If Hikaru Shida wins, she would be the first... Uh, women in AEW to get 50 wins under her belt, I believe. However, the winner was Serena Deeb, and Serena kind of did a heel turn, I guess. I feel like I haven't seen too much of her, so I don't know, you know, whether she was like a big piece of heel, but she takes the award that might have gone to Hikaru Shida and hits her in the head with it. Uh, t- Tim had you had mentioned what Jr. said on commentary about, about the award <laughs> at the beginning of the match. <laughs> what was that again? Dude, Jr. is like the funniest. Like if you li- if you really listen to some of the stuff he says when he's doing commentary, dude, he throws like the funniest shade like quietly sometimes, and uh, sometimes not quietly. But uh, <laughs> they held the the ref Aubrey held up the uh, the glass trophy. And Jr. says, "Well, they must be pretty confident if she's gonna that she's gonna win if they already have it made with her name on it." <laughs> and then when and then when she lost, he said, "Well, so much for your trophy." <laughs> yeah, he's always and people get mad at him too because people are like, "Oh, he buries the product." I'm like, I mean, he's just grumpy. It's funny. He's just it grumpy old man. I don't. I <laughs> yeah. don't think. I don't take it. I don't take offense to it at all. And it's also true. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had Darby Allen backstage in, like, their parking garage area, where all of a sudden he is attacked by a bunch of masked men who we eventually see. I mean, you don't see their faces, but you can tell based off the moves they're doing and what the announcers are saying. It's it's the pinnacle attacking Darby Allen, who's in the feud with uh, MJF why right does, now. Why does Tony Schiavone hate MJF so much? 
He's a prick, man. I do, I've never <laughs> just a little prick. No, I know, but he gets so over the top angry on commentary. <laughs> he's like, he's making faces and stuff. <laughs> I think it's yeah, hilarious when he does that. Well, it was funny. Like, why do they put on masks and everything? Everyone's like, it's the pinnacle. Like, like, why are you doing this? Because they're gonna say it wasn't them. Yeah, yeah they're like, no, you can't see our faces. You can't see our faces. Like, so. Then we had a segment of Leo Rush backstage. He's basically talking to Dante Martin and saying that, you know, he should uh, kind of invest in Leo Rush as, like, a mentor in a way. Uh, Then we had Britt Baker backstage. And then we had the main event, the casino ladder match. It starts off with Pac and Orange Cassidy. The next entrant was Andrade, then you had Matt Hardy, then Lance Archer, John Moxley, and finally the Joker, which was revealed to be a returning hangman Adam Page. Huge, huge pop for him. In the end, though, the winner was uh, hangman Adam Page, and I realized he, he won the first ever Casino Battle Royale. And now he's a winner of the casino ladder match as well. So I'm I'm sure we're all assuming though he's gonna be uh, going against Kenny Omega at Full Gear, which I believe is the next pay per view. But what y'all think of the match? I thought I thought it was really good. Uh, Jeremy, you had talked about how you went back and watched some of it. I actually went back and watched some of it today as well. Some of the spots that they did were were crazy. Yeah, uh, I think Adam Adam Page did the dead shot to pack off the ladder <laughs> yeah. through a table. Literally a death shot. <laughs> Matt Hardy's Matt Hardy's leg drop was when they showed the the high cam. That that was a uh, it was, it was pretty gnarly. Now, the, when I was watching last night, I was like, oh okay, like I see what they're doing. There was two pair or three pairs of rivals in there. And then you had Hangman Adam Page. You know, yeah. you had Moxley and Archer, so they could get distracted with their fighting each other. You had Andrade and Pack, and then you had Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy. And while everyone's distracted and doing these big spots, that's taking both the men out. Then you got Adam Page, who's in there by himself and for himself, and he climbs that ladder and grabs the chip. What do you think, Tim? I thought it was a great match. I mean, it was definitely a, a spectacle, and the bumps that they took were super crazy. Um, I kept waiting for, um, well, that's not fair. I was going to say I was waiting for Matt Hardy to do a big bump, but then all of a sudden I remember he did that big leg drop, uh, off the ladder and, uh, you know, cause in my head growing up watching the Hardys and the TLC stuff, I remember Matt Hardy just like doing like crazy stuff, but I can't expect him now to do <laughs> he ain't, all that. He ain't a young buck anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's not a, that's not a fair criticism. No, but and he did take a huge leg drop, and people were like, "Holy smokes, that was awesome!" Um, but yeah, those matches always make me nervous when I watch them, uh, especially the older I get. I think it's just because like you, th- you, in the back of your head, you're like, some of these guys have like kids and families and stuff. When you're <laughs> a kid, you're like, "Yo, just do crazier stuff. Who cares?" And then you get older, you're like, you like worry about them in a certain way. Um, but I was. Super entertained. Hangman coming out was awesome. Huge pop. The crowd was going crazy. And, yeah, they got back on course with how everything was before Punk and Brian got there. And Cole. Do you guys think that they're going to – I mean, I I said it before. Are we all assuming that they're going to wrestle at full gear, Kenny and Hangman? I would think so. I mean, it's a pay-per-view worthy match. I don't think they're going to save it for for TV. Especially if – Do you think it's – He's going to win. Do you think he's going to win? I think he's going to win. Do you think they win. finally pulled the trigger? I mean, I feel like he's been in the title picture so many times. Yeah. You know, he 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 was uh he went against Jericho in the to crown the first champion, Jericho won. Yeah, I don't see I don't think he was ready then because the crowd even no. was cheering Jericho when he was a heel in that scenario. I mean, and Kenny's a great champion, but Hangman's grown a lot in my opinion. I think No, it's just like listen a, to the pop that he got. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. I, I, I really was taken aback. I mean, I knew he's really popular, but I was really taken aback. That's the, also another thing where it's like AEW is doing a simple thing and just having him come out. It's not like some big swerve, and then they bring out Hangman afterwards or whatever. 
It's yeah. like, just have him come out and win. Yeah, everyone knows he's coming out. Yeah. He's coming out. Just... Well, guys, that was our weekly AEW Dynamite review. Uh, before we get out of here, let's do a big announcement. We were approved today for our Pro Wrestling Tea store. So we're really excited about that. We're finally going to have merch on ProWrestlingTees.com. On the next episode, we hope to have more updates. And then, of course, we'll let everybody know when there is an official opening and you can place your orders. Uh, guys, please follow us on Twitter at the PWFan. Follow us on Instagram at the PWFan. Follow Andy's Funko Pop Collection at the 410 Fan Bros. And we also have full episodes on YouTube where you can like and subscribe now. Thanks again for listening and join us next week on the PW Fan Podcast where we talk all things wrestling.